This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder the only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk,、yeah. get some vitamin D, breathe some fresh air, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I am joined by my friend and co host, Judy Cho. And、uh, I think we're going to get a little spicy today. We want to talk about calories. We want to talk about if calories really matter.、Um, I just keep seeing over and over and over again people talking about how the carnivore experts tell them that calories don't really matter. And so, Judy and I have some thoughts on that. We want to talk about it in general.、Um, but before we do, we wanted to remind you or let you know that our 100th episode, can you believe we're doing this for 100 episodes? No, I'm really surprised. I felt like it took a while to get to episode 20 or 30, and then it just went by rapid fire. Right. I don't even remember what we talked about. I don't remember <laughs> what we talked about last week, let alone what we've talked about for 100 episodes. Um, but we, to celebrate that, we wanted to host a live podcast,、um, live stream QA. And so we will be recording it live with anybody that wants to participate. It's going to be five bucks. That just helps us cover a lot of the podcast fees and stuff,、uh, that we incur from doing this. And so if you wanted to hang out on a Zoom call with us while we record that hundredth episode, ask us questions live that then we can answer. Um, you can check in the show notes or our social medias for the link for you to sign up with that. That is going to be on February 3rd. That's a Friday night. So we'll do like a Friday night. You could come bring a cup of hot tea or a little, you know, snuggly blanket and hang out with us on a live stream.、Uh, and then we will be releasing that episode later、um, in February to, in order, right, to celebrate our 100th episode. So if you want to come join, you can check out the link to join us for that episode. And thank you guys for, in general, for supporting this podcast and for loving it. I'm excited to see what. Happens next. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the love and support. I think we, it just shows that we really need this real talk in 
I think the wellness community in general of when people share content, we just want to know, well, what do you think of that? And what are your thoughts? And we don't get a lot of that just in the social media space. Yeah, it's so hard to bring context. And this is really why we wanted to start doing it. We actually just want to start doing it so we can hang out more and schedule because we're both so busy and we wanted to be able to schedule our time together. <laughs> but um, which is, hey, it work, it's working for us. Um, but I think more than anything, there needs to be context. And when you know, you're know you trying to go viral or you get people to watch your content or you're trying to have a graphic that gets shared or a reel that gets millions of views you know, you can't really add context to that. And so you get these like little quick snippets of information and it's really hard to figure out, am I supposed to be following this information uh, just based on that? And the one we were to really dive into today is on calories. You know, there are people out there that say that all that matters is calorie in, calories out. Right. And that's it. And at the end of the day, calories in, calories out is all that matters. And then you have actually a huge portion of the carnivore space, um, people saying that calories don't matter at all in carnivore. You should eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. Your body's going to naturally regulate it. You can't overeat on carnivore. You can't have too much fat on carnivore. You know, you can't gain weight eating protein, like all of these things. And, you know, Judy and I are both, think both of those are wrong uh, or think that there's a lot of context that needs to be brought to both of them. And I think that's the main thing we want to talk about today is do calories matter? What does that mean? Like how much should we worry about calories and can I gain weight on carnivore and all the things that it's really hard to share in even a social media. Like even if you type out a really long caption, first of all, how many people read those? And then second of all, it's really hard to share all the nuance and context of that, um, which I know we were wanted to get into today. Yeah. And just from a simplistic point of view, I mean, there's a lot of people that do carnivore because they're trying to gain weight. So, and then there are people that gain weight, including myself. When I started healing and I wasn't focused on my eating disorder, I gained weight to be a healthier weight on a carnivore diet. So that alone should tell people that you can actually gain weight on carnivore, even if you have weight to lose. And it's not to say, so be scared of this way of eating. I know a lot of people, when I was part of the ketogenic diet, a lot of people were scared of going carnivore because they were afraid they would gain weight. And I I think there are a handful of people that actually gain weight on this way of eating or they stall. I find it so bizarre that people throw out science when they say, oh, but on a carnivore diet, there's no way you're going to gain weight. Or that if you eat high fat, you'll just remove the excess through loose stools. And that also Which sounds miserable. Also, we talked a lot about the butter and excess fat last week in digestion. So we don't need to get into that today. But that does not sound fun. Right. But there was a fat that was used by these food conglomerates for the same reason. So it was used in Olestra. I forgot what type of potato chip it was. But basically, it was like a lean potato chip that essentially would just make you poop out all the fat. And so you wouldn't be getting all the excess calories from fat. Oh, Do you remember yeah. that? I remember the, yes. it did start with an O or something. It was these chips that gave everybody like, like made them yes. poop blood or yes. something ridiculous. That was like in the early 2000s as part of like the diet yes. craze. It was supposed to be this like healthy chip, but all of a sudden everybody was like pooping blood. I totally remember that. Yeah. So it, it was, it's a molecule called Olestra. And so that is purposely made to do what people are saying that either excess butter or excess towel or excess fat does on a carnivore diet. 
But are these natural fats don't do that. That's why there was a whole product that was sold and then they removed it because it was becoming dangerous. I, I just think this whole thing of, yes, we need higher fat. I'm a fan of higher fat for a short period, but then you just need to figure out what makes sense for you. If you are yeah. adding sticks of butter or even if it's excess tallow, just what the whatever way you're eating right now, could you do that for 10, 20 years? And if you have to always be mindful of bringing extra fat with you or carried around with you, it becomes a point where it's just maybe not so sustainable long term. Yeah. And I think we touch on that in every single episode is just like you have to figure out what works for you. What kind of life do you want to live? How can you stick to this long term? It doesn't matter you know, what's ideal. Um, you have to be able to stick to it. Consistency matters most. I think too, going back to the weight gain part. So there are, first of all, people that need to gain weight. Yes. There are people that do gain weight because they have are coming to this way of eating. They are malnourished. They've been living in this restrictive diet world. They've been like, you know, under eating for so long. They've been eating nothing but salads and chicken breast. Like their body has to like reset its metabolic rate um, in order to be healthier. So those are reasons why people need to gain and might gain. I do think though, there's a misconception that if you're gaining weight at first, it's okay. Your body is healing and then it will naturally regulate over time and like trust the process, trust the process, just keep gaining. And then eventually the switch is going to automatically flip in your body. And you're just going to instantly start losing because you've hit this magic moment of healed. You're healed enough checkbox. Now you're going to rapidly start losing weight by eating this uh, same amount. And I completely disagree with that. Um, if you're gaining weight on carnivore, you have to look at the context. Was I under eating previously? Right. Was I underweight? Was I malnourished previously? Do I have low hormone issues? If, if you're, you know, like, and I don't know if you can, any other reason, like why else would people gain weight when they're first starting? Well, I think the main reason people will gain weight is Yes, like you said, it's under eating. If you're anorexic, if you struggle with an eating disorder, um, if you've been hypothyroid, and let's say you've been under eating on a standard American diet, or you've eaten really little, and so then you're listening to people saying you need to eat that 0.8 grams of protein per one pound of ideal body weight, and then you eat 70% fat or 80% fat, it becomes a lot of calories very quickly. And in all of those ways and cases, you will gain weight. And that in that instance, I do agree that you're going to gain weight and eventually you'll your body will have healing and then you may not want to eat as much or um, what I actually see in my clients is they have to actually mindfully cut down. So it's not like there's, I know there's people that believe, oh, just eat a ton. So even if you eat four or five pounds, eventually your body will feel so satiated that you'll move down to one, right. one pound. And that I never see that. I, I actually see, okay, I feel healed. My period's back. Um, I'm sleeping through the night. But now I want to focus on weight loss. Like, what do I need to do? And so we start yeah. cutting the fat or we start cutting the amount of protein of, okay, so maybe some days you can just under eat protein just by a little bit or just get to 0.7 grams, which is still decent on most days. And that's how they do it. But it's never like, oh, I was eating 4,000 calories and now my body only wants a thousand. Right. I, I never see that. And I think that's, you're gaining weight because you are eating an excess amount yes. of food yes. and an excess amount of calories. You're not gaining, you're gaining, it's not even that you're gaining weight because your body needs to gain the weight. You're simply gaining weight because you're eating excess calories and you've been under eating for so long. And so if you continue long-term to eat an excess amount of calories, you will continue to gain weight, you know? And I think there, 
two things are happening and your body is actually resetting its metabolic rate to a higher burn. That's exactly it. So that's part of it where like you are under eating so much, you've slowed your metabolism down and you're only burning such this sparing amount of calories every day because your body's trying to shut everything down in order to function. And then when you start eating in a surplus, you're gaining weight. And in a sense, your body is going to raise its metabolic Right. I'm just, yes. You, no, that's I'm correct. Ex- yeah. So then maybe you're burning a higher amount of calories at rest, which is great. And that's where it's not as simple as calories in, calories out for those, for, for several reasons that we'll continue to get into. But that's one of them. Um, but I do want to go back and add context to those are all the reasons why you would gain weight, why you should gain weight when you first start carnivore. But if you're somebody like me, who was already eating an excess amount of calories, who was living on processed foods and sugar and carbs, who was 100 pounds overweight, there is zero reason why I should have started carnivore and started gaining weight. The only reason that I would have started carnivore and started gaining weight is if I was eating too many calories and eating too much. It is very possible if I was eating three meals a day plus snacks as much as I wanted, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. When I personally first started carnivore, I would have continued to gain weight and I never would have lost anything because of my context was already eating an excess of calories. I was not under, you know, malnourished. I was just very overweight. And I needed to lose weight and I needed to, so intermittent fasting, things like that. I was able to eat a very large amount, um, in, you know, one or two meals and be satisfied and get an adequate amount of, and I instantly started losing. This is why people kind of say, how long did it take you to start losing with carnivore? I think I lost, I mean, a very large amount of weight in the first month, simply because I had so much weight to lose and I was eating so much bad stuff beforehand. And I do think that's where a little bit of the misconception comes in, where we tell people, just eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. If you're gaining weight, I had no healing to do in that regard. I just was needed to, I was eating too much. Or if I was gaining weight, I would have been just eating too much. Also, if you're eating a lot of carbs, you're obviously not able to tap into the energy stores. And so therefore you feel hungry all the time. It wasn't like on your own accord that you were just eating too much. It's just you were not able to access those stores. But when I started carnivore, I gained weight because I needed to. I think I was under eating for so long. And to get a normal metabolic rate where I can even eat 1800 calories or 2000 calories, I started gaining weight just eating that. And I was eating probably a little less than two pounds, maybe two pounds with a little bit of butter. And that alone made me gain weight. And so that was when I started questioning a lot of those mantras that we're hearing that we still hear to this day. And and then seeing it in my clients, where if my clients were eating the adequate amount of protein and then adding fat, they would start gaining a lot of weight. Yes, there was healing. But a lot of these women, especially that I was working with, were also the underweight category. So they weren't these women that had a lot of weight to lose. The other piece to this, which I know we both want to touch on, is calories versus satiety. Um, And so this is where I think if you're strictly talking about things from a calories in, calories out perspective, like at the end of the day, calories matter. Uh, Sometimes with carnivore, you can get away with eating more calories because your body is utilizing the fat effectively. Like Judy just mentioned, your body is burning fat stores. And so you can utilize the fat better. So maybe you can get away with eating a higher amount of calories, not just like eating more, but like you can get away with eating higher amount of calories because your body is utilizing it so effectively. But 
at the end of the day, the calories do matter. Um, what people tend to find with a carnivore diet, if I eat a thousand calories of donuts, I might be hungry in a couple hours. My body's going to spike its insulin. I'm going to get this crazy sugar rush and then I'm going to crash and I'm instantly going to be hungry. And so if I were to eat a thousand calories of steak, that might sustain me for 24 hours, at least six, you know, a very long time. That could be my second meal for the day. And then I'm not even hungry till the next day again. And so when we look, this is where I think calories don't matter as much because what you're eating, you know, there's a lot of diet people that focus on like, if it fits your macros, like you could lose weight eating Oreos and potatoes and ice cream, but the satiety that you feel from that, or like, when are you going to get hungry again? Are you going to be cranky? Are you going to be wanting to snack? That's a huge difference when you're doing something like strict carnivore because protein and fat are very satisfying. Um, and I think I don't have this desire to snack and munch and eat all the time. And I naturally eat less calories because of the, and my appetite does regulate when I'm carnivore simply because I'm not eating foods that are causing this crazy blood sugar spike and crash, um, and not making me as hungry. Yeah. Let's take a step back and talk a lot about the calories in calories out. I believe that calories in calories out didn't work, but let's, let's actually define what we mean by that. So what do we mean that it doesn't work? Because from a biochemistry, it actually does work in the sense of the, if you take in less calories than the amount you burn, you will lose weight. It doesn't matter how low your metabolism is. So from a calories in calories out, it actually does work. And that's why there's a lot of big names. There's a lot of bros that lift and that use that. And then they get very, very Um, stage ready for their compositions and their competitions. And their way, they do a lot of exercise. They do a lot of cardio. It's about burning calories. It's like tracking all your macros. What am I eating versus how many calories am I burning? uh, And ensuring that those are, you're in a deficit. You're like you said, you will lose weight. That's factual. Yes. So calories in calories out does work when it comes to just numbers. If you burn 1800 calories and you only consume 16, you will lose weight. Now where the nuance and context is where people say calories in, calories out doesn't work is when if your metabolism, for example, then starts meeting the 1600, now you're going to stall in a weight and maybe you're not happy with that weight. So then you have to cut to 1400. And again, the calories in calories out works until your body's like, okay, now I'm functioning at a 1400. And you will have to keep cutting until the point that it's malnourishing and it's unhealthy for you. Additionally, if you've, you know, so with that mindset, if you've been under eating for all your life, well, then your metabolism is slow anyway. And that's why anything you eat, you start showing weight because your body is in more of survival mode and shutdown mode rather than thriving mode. And so that's where you will see hormonal issues and thyroid issues. And it's ultimately because your body is malnourished and also having blood sugar dysregulation. But a lot of those people too, who are cutting calories to that extreme, they start losing their hair. They start having skin issues. They, the women lose their periods. Like the more and more and more you cut calories to try to lose more weight, the more, uh, health problems that you end up having. Right. And then, and then this also comes into the calories in calories out with satiety. If you eat a bunch of carbs, as you said, your blood sugar will go up insulin, and then you're going to feel hungry because you're not able to tap into that excess, especially if you're not in a ketogenic state. But when you eat meat and fats, 
first of all, protein has a thermogenic effect. And that's where a lot of those proteins explain what that means. Because I, I, I think um, that it took me a long time to understand that. So let's help people explain that. Yeah. So whenever we eat foods, our bodies have to break down the nutrients. So when it comes to fat and carbohydrates, most of them will be absorbed at the calorie that you see on the nutrition label. So if you're eating 100 calories from carbohydrates, I think it's like 95 calories will actually be absorbed by your body. Whereas protein, it requires breakdown from your body to become amino acids. And so there's this like heating effect to break it down. And that's why people have a hard time eating a lot of protein without fat because again, it's that thermogenic effect. So so that's why people talk about like the meat sweats. Um, And I think there's also why there's this misconception that if you eat too much protein, it turns into cupcakes in your bloodstream or like, you know, you're, if you eat too much protein, your blood sugar is going to go up. And it's because your body is literally just taking a lot of effort uh, and energy in order to burn it. And so it's, yeah. When it comes to that same 100 calories for protein, I think it's only that you, I, I don't remember the exact number, but it's, I think it's around 60 calories. So from that alone, it becomes easier to lose weight when you do um, just lean proteins. And that's why there's that whole camp that believes in the protein sparing modified fast. But again, whether it's carnivore or fasting or extended fasting or keto or this protein sparing modified fast, Everything that is similar with every single one of these, and it took me a while to understand this too, because I believed in the, oh, carnivore never makes you gain weight until I did. But essentially, every single one is maintaining their calories in one way or another. So if you decide I'm going to binge my brains out, and then I'm going to fast for two days, well, these calories get spread amongst three days. Or if you're doing carnivore and you eat a big meal in one meal a day, and then you don't eat the rest of the day, again, you're maintaining your calories. And if you eat a standard American diet and you're just doing calories in, calories out, again, you're maintaining those calories. Where it becomes difficult is if you eat high carbs, your hormones don't allow you to feel regulated with, oh, I'm satiated, I don't want to go back to the pantry. And that's the benefit where carnivore can make you feel satiated longer, help you feel thriving with all the nutrients and stuff. But essentially, you don't feel that desire to go back into the pantry because your insulin and blood sugar is not as imbalanced. And that's where I think we have so much misinformation in our wellness community where we believe calories in, calories out don't matter. They do matter. Calories do matter. But it's in context of everything I just said. So does a carnivore diet, a keto diet regulate your appetite and allow you to heal? Yes, it does. But if you eat an excess, so if you eat three pounds of meat a day and you're only five foot, there's a high chance. And especially if those meats are fatty because fat has more calorie gram per gram, you will likely gain weight. And that's that's just the part that is very misunderstood. And it's such a simple concept. If you logically think about it, yeah. and this is where I always, I know, I know it sounds mean, but it's we need to really question everything we hear and think, does this make sense logically? And if it doesn't, then it's just maybe that information should not be heated as or warranted as true. And we've been seeing these types of comments um, throughout this social media and carnivore space a lot more lately. And what really spawned this, I sent Judy some information from yesterday, or, you know, we saw somebody mention like calories don't matter on carnivore. And then they were like, you know, I actually replied, I was like, yes, they do. And the person was like, well, the experts say that they don't. And I'm like, first of all, you can find experts to say anything that you want, right? You can literally find any type of scientific information and studies on the internet to support anything out there. 
But also, I think we need to be very careful at who we're defining as experts. I think a lot of times in this space or in social media in general, people who have a large following are considered experts. Like you might, some people have said, I'm an, I don't, I don't consider myself an expert in this space. I have a lot of followers on social media, but I'm a normal person who has zero education. I've, I've done this myself. I have no training. I have no degrees. I have no, I done no scientific research. Like I am just a person who is sharing my life on the internet that does not qualify me as an expert and somebody that you should be you know, taking my word on everything that I say, or, you know, you should be figuring it out for yourself or doing more research based on what I say, but not, don't take everything that I say at face value simply because I have a large following. I agree with that some, but I, I also don't think that just because somebody is an MD or a nutritionist or true. this, that you should also believe everything they say. Very it's true. just, I think with everyone, you just need to take a second and go, oh, that makes sense. Or they're a great debater, or they're very persuasive. But what is the intent of their message? And does that work for me? So if I eat 80% fat, and I'm eating the sufficient amount of protein, am I gaining weight? And if you are, it's not something that's likely, well, just wait three months, and eventually everything will melt away. Like that just does not sound logical. And, And in any other diet, whether it was keto, I never heard that. I never heard that on keto, you may gain weight initially, but just wait. And over time, it will all melt away. But for some reason in the carnivore community, we start believing these these fantastical things that don't make any sense. Right. And for me to just do research around carnivore, it, it it's frustrating because already being an all-meat diet has a lot of people laugh at our way of eating. And then when we start saying these things that make absolutely no sense and is easily refutable, right? That calories don't matter, that you'll never gain weight eating sticks and sticks of butter or lard or tallow. When people can easily refute that, I mean, how silly of a community do we end up being? And it's why I've done some of the work that's going to come out this year is to basically save our face with this way of eating because a lot of people need to hear about this diet for healing. And we're not going to get there when we're advocating for a ton of butter or a ton of fat and and fat doesn't matter and all of these other things that make no logical sense. Yeah, I know we went really in depth on that in the last episode too. So if you're listening to these in order, like this <laughs> almost is like a continuation of last week. But I think it's just because this is the tone that's taking, that's being told right now. And I don't want people to... Um, eat and eat and eat thinking calories don't matter and then gain a bunch of weight and wait for it to fall off. And then it doesn't. And then they get frustrated and they give up on everything completely. Uh, that's really, you know, the same thing with the, with the butter stuff that we talked about last week. That's really my fear with it all. But, um, I I think too, there are, when we talk about satiety, there are carnivore foods that are very, very satisfying. There's a really, I don't, I'm not somebody who's satisfied by fat if that makes sense. There's, this is also different. There's people who would get a very satiated from eating fat and they can eat nothing but fat and feel completely satisfied. I just get hungry. I feel like there's no volume in my stomach. I need a decent amount of protein in order to feel satisfied. And there's obviously 
you know, you've seen those graphics in the past where it shows you like, what does a hundred calories of oil look like? And it's like a tiny amount. What does a hundred calories of meat look like? What does a hundred calories of broccoli look like? And they show you this stomach graphic and it shows you like, what does a hundred calories of lettuce look like? And the stomach is completely stuffed. I also think that's a little ridiculous, you know, like you're showing these volumes of food. Um, but if you're looking at the difference, this tiny little, like, I don't even, I don't want to say tablespoon because that's probably wrong, but like this tiny little amount of oil in your stomach, um, while it's fat and it, it's satiating for some people, for me, I just don't find any satisfaction from that alone because of the fact that I'm not getting any like fullness feeling, um, which is why I enjoy eating some more protein. So there, there is this balance of knowing what's satisfying for you. Is it meat or fat? And that's why I think neither extreme is helpful. You have to find this good mix, uh, in the middle of, of your fat to protein. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many people say fat, fat is a satiating macro or protein is a satiating, but I think it's a blend of both. I don't think people just eat chicken breast long-term. It's if it was, then everyone would be doing that on carnivore and get super lean. And this whole conversation wouldn't be necessary, but also, if you just drink bowls of tallow, I mean, I've had a lot of clients get sick that way because there was someone recommending that a long time ago, eating 90% fat. And a lot of people that were hypothyroid got even more hypothyroid. So obviously that didn't work because they felt like they were just drinking fat and then toilet all day long. I think it's a blend of the protein and fat. And every individual needs to figure out how, what amount of fat and what amount of protein will then help you be satiated. I know for me, I probably eat a little bit more fat than Laura, but it's not that far off too. And that's where we both feel satiated. We're nowhere near 80% now. And I definitely think we don't eat lean protein. So it's just that over time, you have to find where it makes sense for you, where it makes it sustainable, consistent. And instead of believing all these beliefs that I don't know, literally, it feels like it just came out of thin air. Because if you grabbed a biology book or chemistry or food nutrition, it's impossible what people are saying um, that can occur on a carnivore diet. Yeah. And it's hard because it's like, the problem is people want context and nuance in a reply to a Facebook post or in a reply where somebody's saying calories don't matter. And I'm saying, yes, they do. And they're like, well, this person said they don't like, how am I supposed to give you context and nuance? Cause it's not as simple as like, yes, calories. Yes. The only thing that matters is calories in calories out. And it's not as simple as saying calories don't matter at all. It's such a deeper conversation like we've been having here um, to understand that we have to be tracking calories to some extent. We also have to be thinking about satiety. I think meal frequency is so important to understand. You know, if I have a very small breakfast, I am going to be hungry all day long. There's a study that shows that if you eat a large pizza in one sitting, versus taking that same large pizza and splitting it up evenly over six times for a day throughout the day, you will gain more weight eating six times a day, but the same calories as if you sat and ate a large pizza in one sitting. So it's like you can get away with eating more calories if you're eating less frequently. And so that's another reason where it's not as simple as calories in calories out, because those two people are eating the exact same amount of calories, but there's eating it at a different meal timing, and that's going to make a difference, right? So it's there's a lot of context that can be added to that. So if I start my day, first thing when I wake up and I eat some amount of calories, I then will be hungry all day long and I will end up eating four, five, six times throughout the day. 
and I will way overeat my calories for the day. But I find my perfect little ratio or whatever is when I'm eating two meals a day, about as much as I need to, to be comfortably full in those two meals. My husband eats one meal a day as much as he can and wants in that one meal to simply satisfy that. And that's kind of this right amount of calories for him. Um, and so, so it is different, but you have to uh, take several of those things into account. Yes. And I don't want people to start carnivore and say, here's what I've been eating prior to carnivore. And maybe the amount is 1300 calories. That is under eating. I yes. think anything under 1600 calories is technically under eating. And, and so then if you notice that, and then, so you define, okay, so on carnivore, I'm going to eat 1100, you will be under eating and eventually have worsening of hormones and thyroid issues. So that's not what we're saying in terms of track calories. It's important that as we regulate our insulin and we feel less hanger, um, so that blood sugar response of why we feel hungry all the time and then angry or cranky when we're not, um, when we're not fed, ultimately you do want to track calories for a little bit just to know what is an ideal amount of food I should be eating so I can be thriving. And then once you get to a place where you kind of understand that over time, as you feel like maybe you're gaining weight, but you have hormone healing, then maybe you can cut some of the fat or, you know, and just try right. a little things to see where do I fall in carnivore that it's ultimately healing and beneficial for me. One thing I want to bring up is I know a lot of people in the keto space will say you don't need as much protein as some of the carnivore um, advocates recommend because fat is uh, muscle sparing. So you you basically will not need to eat enough um, sufficient protein because the fat will protect your protein. And even if there is some truth in that and there's some science, I would rather not risk eating under eating protein when that is the macronutrient that allows you to have yeah. long-term longevity. It protects your bones from breaking. So I just saw, I think it was Dr. Gabrielle Lyons. She brought up something in a podcast where she said 50% of women over the age of 60 or 65 years old, if they fall, 50% of them will break a bone and may never walk again, probably the hips, right? So they will never walk again. And oftentimes a lot of them will die. And that can only be supported by eating sufficient protein and starting when you are probably in your 30s and 40s and then walking a little bit, right, just to maintain that muscle mass. So I'm not going to bet on that fat is muscle sparing and under eat my protein to get that high fat and just maintain my calories. Yeah. I, I'd rather always prioritize that protein to ensure that I get longevity, that my muscles stay intact, that if I fall at the age of 65, that I will not break a bone and never walk again. And what's interesting is I love, so I love that information. I agree. I think most women, especially as we age, we're under eating protein because most women are just not eating adequate amount of meat. They're eating a bunch of salads. They're eating, you know, a lot of other types of foods. Um, most women are not going to sit down and like eat a giant steak every day. And so that's, important to understand, but it's also interesting because Gabrielle, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon also suggests eating lower fat, which I disagree with. So there has to be this balance. This is an example of, she is an expert. She does share some really great information about protein and how women need protein. I fully support that side of her argument, but then she turns around and says that you women uh, can get away with eating lower fat. Or like she talks about eating very high protein many times throughout the day. Uh, and very, very low fat for women, which I disagree with. So it's kind of like one of those things where 
I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned it actually, because it, it just shows the other side of the coin where I do consider her an expert, but it's also important to look at your personal context, the big picture of everything and understanding the role, the important role that fat and protein yeah. play into all of this. And I think you and I have been coming out against this whole like crazy high fat thing lately. That does not mean we are a fan of low fat in any sense of the word. We are not a fan of no butter. We are not a fan of no fat. We are just simply a fan of like finding something where you're getting a great amount of protein and an adequate amount of fat is this perfect uh, balance. And I think that's just want to make sure that's clear and that we're giving that as a reminder. Yeah. And I, I asked Dr. Gabrielle Lyon why why she's a fan of the low fat and ultimately it was because she said she was gaining weight eating the higher fat so for her as much as she knows all the science about protein and how it's you know long, for longevity and all this um, she thinks of the carbs and fat as lovers and with fat it made her gain weight and so it was in her own n equals one she did not like that and so in order for her to be that lean she chose to add back carbs and carbs they, they have that fibrous thing. So where they fill your belly, like you were just talking about the lettuce. So she can tolerate feeling hungry a little bit more with carbs. And it probably will make her feel a little hungry, but she could deal with that so that she can be as thin as she is. Whereas when she added the higher fat versions of uh, protein, um, she was gaining weight and she was not okay with that. So that goes back to her, it's her more N equals one. And that's why she advocates for that. But I don't think you and I are trying to get to six pack abs where no, I mean, no. she literally has six pack abs. So, and I mean, that's the route people will take if they choose to, but you have to find again that like, how do you want to look? And then if it's an extreme way of looking where it's like your bodybuilding type of physique, there's something that's going to have to give because the average person, even a hundred years ago, didn't look like that. I know yeah. a lot more people are obese now. But most people, especially women, don't have six packs. So if that's what you're striving for, you have to do extra stuff to get there. And for some people that want to be that lean, you're going to cut the fat or you're going to under eat. And, and then the consequence is imbalanced thyroid and hormones. And it's not the diet. Um, do, uh, Dr. Jamie Seaman, Dr. Fit and Fabulous, uh, it's been posting a lot of content lately on hair loss uh, and hair okay. shedding. About six months ago, I think it was, she did a bodybuilding competition and got super, super lean. And she's been dealing with uh, about three months later because your hair loss is is usually three months delayed. It's why women postpartum lose hair around three, four months. Um, She started experiencing tremendous hair loss after her bodybuilding competition about three to four months later because she's saying this is not a natural state for your body to be in when it's that lean. You're putting your body under so much extreme pressure. Um, and then I think about, so then she's that kind of plateaued. She started gaining her hair back. And then about three months ago from now, she got this extreme case of salmonella. She was violently sick for weeks and weeks and just like really, really sick. And now she's experiencing another round of this crazy hair loss because your body is going through some big change. It's extremely unhealthy. It's protecting itself. So like, that's an example of not feeding yourself properly, either your you know, super, super high protein and extremely low fat, or you're very, very high fat and very low protein, you know, your body's going to start shedding its hair. And 
that has nothing to do with calories. You know, throughout this time, people are getting an adequate amount of calories. They're just eating in one extreme or the other where their body's not getting a balance of nutrients and then they start shedding hair and their other functions that are unnecessary start shutting down. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically when she had some salmonella and she was competing, she was under eating calories, which I mean, obviously it's the micronutrients and stuff that will help support like your iodine. Essentially our metabolism is managed by our thyroid and our thyroid when it is imbalanced because we are either using too much blood sugar for our adrenals, one way or another, it will affect our metabolism. If we under eat, then our thyroid is the thing that controls, okay, we need to slow down our metabolism because we're not getting enough energy in for the energy output. When she was probably getting fit, they, I think they under hydrate, they start eating very low calories at the very end. True. And, and so there's always a component of calories. No, that's but- a good, that's a good reminder. Um, I think to the message we're not sending is we're not talking about tracking every day forever either. The, like Judy mentioned earlier, you might need to do some tracking in the beginning just to kind of get an idea of where you are and what you might need to adjust. But the goal is to find this balance and this, you know, satiety and eating an adequate amount over time where you're not having to track this constantly. Um, and I think too, we're not here to say, here's the right number of calories for you to be eating right. because there's just so much like, uh, your current health, your current activity level, what types of foods are you eating? There's just so many things that, um, you need to figure out. I think tracking is helpful to say, am I eating 1300 calories? Okay. That's way too little. Am I eating 2,500 calories and I'm not losing weight? Maybe that's too much, right? It's just saying I'm not getting the results that I want, or I'm not as healthy as I want to be. How much am I eating? And it, and then you're going to know instantly, is it too low or too high? And you can make small adjustments to, you know, if you're eating 1300 calories, raise it up a little bit to see what happens and how you feel and give it, and then give it consistency and give it time. If you find that you're eating 2,500 calories a day because you're eating two pounds of meat plus a stick of butter, then you're going to need to dial that down. And that's just the fact you're going to have to eat less in order to, if you're not losing weight. I think you can play around also with frequency of eating as much as, or as well as how often are you eating? You know, there's a lot of things that can be adjusted. I also am personally pretty skeptical of tracking calories on a carnivore diet simply because you're going to put into your tracker, you know, 10 ounces of ribeye. Well, I have seen ribeyes that are extremely marbled and very fatty and have a lot of excess fat on the edges. And then I've also seen ribeyes that are like pretty lean. And yet you're comparing in your little tracker that those two ribeyes as just 10 ounces of ribeye. And they are not the same thing, let alone, obviously, like we're not even talking about the ground beef to to ribeye ratio. So there is such a difference, though, in just simply comparing two different ribeyes on how much fat and protein and how many calories is going to be in that um, unless you are truly using only packaged foods which is we don't want to be doing, it's really very difficult to get an um, exact, you can get close, but just don't put too much pressure on knowing exactly how many calories that you're eating. Yeah, I personally don't track at all because I know that if I if I believe that my metabolic rate is where I need to eat 2000 calories a day, and let's say I ate a certain amount and now I'm at, at dinner, I, I think I have like two, 300 calories left. 
that will really trigger me to think, okay, so if I eat a sufficient amount at dinner, I'm going to gain weight now. And so me personally, I don't do that anymore. But for a lot of people, it works. And I mean, as you said, there are different macros for every single type of ribeye. And um, that's such a good point, because even when I work with my clients, I will try to find a middle ground of the fat to protein for a ribeye because there's so many different ones listed when we're uh, seeing what they eat in a day. And even that is difficult. So I'll ask them, was your ribeye on the fattier side? And even that is very subjective. Right. Yeah. I think it's just, it's hard to get an accurate amount. So like, like I said, don't put too much pressure on it. But I also think that just there can't be this blanket thought that calories don't matter at all. Um, and I think if you are, especially if you're eating very high fat and you're trying to get adequate amount of protein in, um, and you're gaining weight, there's not going to be this magic moment of like, all of a sudden everything starts shedding off again. It's just simply the fact that like to get this adequate amount of protein in and to have such a high fat ratio, you're eating too much. If, if we were to, I mean, this just goes to how everyone believes everything that's been happening in society the last couple of years. If we take a pause and really thought about that or that logic, it's not there. If people can do carnivore to heal from anorexia, how are they gaining weight if you cannot gain weight on right. carnivore? And I mean, it's, it's, but wild. I think too, there's just often talk that any weight gain that you have is because you need to heal and that all weight gain is good weight gain on carnivore. And that if you're gaining weight, oh, it's just because you haven't healed yet. It's just because you're healing. It's just because that's not true either. So there is lots right. of good weight gain for healing that can happen on a carnivore diet, but not all weight gain is necessary and not all weight gain is a result of you needing to heal. It simply just could be because you're eating too much. I mean, the easy way to test that is to get your blood work done. If your blood sugar is going up or your insulin's going up, um, there are markers to show that your body's actually more in inflammation than it's actually healing. And I have clients that would tell me, you know, Judy, I've been waiting to heal and it's been two years. I mean, at what point will my body start dropping the weight that I've gained on carnivore? And it just, it's, it's just that mantra. I don't, I don't understand why we fully believe that long-term. I mean, maybe for a month, if you gain weight, if you were very thin, maybe, but afterward it took me a few pounds. And then even I changed courses, right? I just thought, okay, if I keep eating this way, I'm going to keep gaining weight. So I started eating less protein because I was eating two pounds in one meal. It wasn't ideal. And then that's how I started. I stopped the weight gain. But if people keep believing, no, no, this is normal. And then they gained 30, 50 pounds. I have clients that did that. And now they're upset two years later and they've gained all this weight. And now they're like, when is this going to shift? Because for other people on the internet, supposedly it happened six months in or eight months in or however much. Carnivore is very satiating. You can be very satisfied on carnivore, which makes it easier, like we said, to eat less often and to end up eating less. And so that can regulate. However, you could be somebody like me who is broken in the sense of like, I don't have to be hungry to eat. I can walk by the fridge and go, food sounds good. And there's no hunger in my body. And so to think that you will just naturally regulate this, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. Like my brain will tell me every minute of the day, like food sounds good. And, and so it's not a matter of just waiting for that to naturally regulate either. Sometimes there's this graphic that I love that just says like, um, you don't stop and get gas every time 
time you pass a gas station, you don't have to eat every time you think about food. And that I like replay that over. I should repost that actually. I replay that over and over my head all the time of like, you don't need food right now. You're not hungry because even though my body is telling me like, Oh, food sounds good. I could eat, you know, um, there's not going to be this like magic regulation of eating this perfect amount of calories over time. It's why I have to have specific meal times for myself personally, because otherwise I will overeat and gain weight. Yeah. I mean, it, it just goes to another logical thought. So we have a circadian rhythm when it comes to food. So every time you eat your leptin or I'm sorry, your ghrelin receptor or your ghrelin hormone will release that hunger cue. So if you always eat at 12 o'clock on the dot, that hormone will be released and you will feel that. And so you have this circadian rhythm, especially if you eat consistent meals and snacks at certain times. That is why when people first start carnivore and they're used to eating like five meals or three meals plus two snacks, they start feeling hungry and they are uh, muscling through it so that they can just eat two meals a day or three meals and just eat the meaty foods. If we do extended fasting, even if we're carnivore or keto, When we are used to eating those certain times, we feel that hunger on the first and second day, because again, we have a circadian rhythm. So if we all know this to be true, why on earth do we think six months in of eating a certain amount of food and often that all of a sudden that circadian rhythm is going to go, no, no, you're, you're, you're good now. You don't need to eat anymore. It just, yeah, yeah. I think it's true. Um, we talked really fast today. I think Judy and I both have a very busy day. And so we came in like, we're going to get this. We knew we had to be efficient, but I think that led us to talking faster. So it sounds like we're probably a little bit sped up. We got through this information really quick. And if you're listening to this at a normal speed, it probably sounds like we're sped up today because I could tell both of us were very intense because I know (laughs) we both have like such a busy day of meetings. Um, So if you, if this was too fast for you, maybe you slowed us down today because I know people say I talk too fast, but we both were like firing today. So I think that was good. Hopefully this was good information. I think that Right now, there's this divide, which we've mentioned in the carnivore space of everybody is going to high fat or they're going to carbs, actually. And so I think that's stay tuned for that's the next episode, I think, or an upcoming episode. I'm not promising it's next because you never know. But an (laughs) upcoming episode that we will do is going to dig into the reasons why that is all happening right now and the context around it. And the same way we did today with this calories and how we did a week ago with butter, we just want to provide some context of when and who, and it might be helpful for, and what's maybe not explained and as simple as like some people needing carbs and, you know, we'll just dig into some more nuance around that. Yeah. I, I think that's a very important topic Um, whether we need carbs or not. And I mean, I'll say it, I don't think anybody needs carbs. And if you do, it's a bandaid. And I'm happy to go through every nuance I can think of to explain my stance on that. I'm not saying it's wrong to eat carbs. If you want it, if you feel like it's variety, you enjoy it. If you can handle it and tolerate it, there's no issue with having carbs. But to say that we need carbs, it just again, it's the logic of well, how are some people eating zero carbs and surviving if we truly needed carbs? Right. It, it doesn't make sense again. So yeah, more context to come. We're starting 2023 fired up as usual. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. 
We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura East Bath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. <laughs>